It's evil time, baby. That's oh, how you want it. Yeah, you no, it. not at all. Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here likes fighting games? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I went back recently to check out Street Fighter V, and it had a 14 gig update, and there wasn't so much as a G <laughs> on the roster, but fucking Cody was there, and I played Valk for a while. And then I recently I uh, got back into Tekken, and I got to play Noctis, and that I was telling you earlier, like that is just he's got some insta win bullshit. I wanna gross. I wanna play uh, Undernight again. They put out like a PS4 and Steam version. Yeah, that would actually. I really enjoyed that game. It's a. Uh, it's a little. I mean, it's steep, but it's not like Guilty Gear steep as far as anime fighters go. It's, from what I remember, that's how. That was about my mm -hmm. my impressions of it. Same thing with uh, uh, something that we didn't talk about last time as far as anime games go, and uh, I kind of noticed when. Um, I was kind of going back to see how that episode went. It's like, holy shit, I didn't even talk about Persona 4 Arena. Yeah. And, like, we played, uh, well, we played a lot of P4A. We didn't necessarily touch P4AU, Ultimax. Played a, a little bit? I think we got a little bit of it in. But, um, yeah, dude, those anime fighters, like, those are so difficult. Yeah. There's a lot of, sh every character is so vastly different. Um... But then, you know, you got games that are like Tekken and like Street Fighter. And Street Fighter is one of those games where if you've been playing for 20 years, you'll likely always be able to play your character, which is really nice. Kind of the same lines as uh, a lot of the Mortal Kombat games, which we will actually be touching on a little bit of Mortal Kombat uh, towards the end they, of our Evo. They probably, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, they probably kept um, pretty consistent recently. Mm -hmm. oh, but, yeah. like, for a while, it was like every other game. Yeah. Every new game, like, it's like, oh, Scorpion Spear is now a different button combination. Yeah, it was just like, why? Why would you, you know, you just want to, like, mix Seriously? it up a little bit? The, it's the, the, um, the secrets of combat. Right, I mean, like, the thing is, is that all it does really <laughs> is change the, uh, it's not like, uh, oh, you have to relearn this character. Yeah. It's more like, well, that's a fucking nuisance. Yeah. You know, so... Um, it's just part of the challenge. <laughs> to rehash where we started off uh, last week with our Evo Part 1, uh, a history and uh, telling of how we got to Evo today, we started back in the year 1996 with Battle by the Bay, and um, we finished off with 2004 uh, E3 with... Moment 37, the Daigo Perry. Um, and now we're going to jump right into 2005. And now you're fucking are, around this time. Yeah, we're not really going to fuck around too much. Yeah, we spent um, like three and a half minutes already. That's okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's important information. It's you need to know. It's lore for the podcast. If you, uh, you want to know our deep, vast lore. Can I do a quick aside real quick? Yeah, of course, obviously. Uh, I might cut it out, but like on Friday I also watched uh, the Kevin Smith movie Tusk. Mm. It came out like a couple years ago. It's about a podcaster um, played by Justin Long. Um, their podcast is like really toxic and shitty, basically. Yeah. And uh, I hope ours isn't. Yeah. Are we toxic? I'm getting this. <laughs> oh no. He he wants to like. Are you breaking up with me? He interviews people and like. Uh, describes to his friend who wasn't there and did not see it. It's called the Nazi Nazi Party. That's the name of the podcast. Nice, um, cute. 
Yeah. Anyways, he he meets an old man and then he um, like drugs him and chops his legs off and then turns him into a walrus. Um, what? Yeah. Okay, so we have to watch it. It's alright. I mean, like, I'm okay with watching shit. I watched Fantastic Four in theaters. I paid $14 to see that. Johnny Depp's in it. He plays Guy de la Fontaine. Guy de la Fontaine. And cute. I kind of just wanted to, like, talk to um, Johnny Depp in, like, a shitty French accent. Like, Johnny Depp, I hear you are a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Le echo holly. Yeah. You have a problem <laughs> with treating women. <laughs> You'd be like, no, it's not like that, friend. Like, no, you have the wrong idea of me. Uh, of me. <laughs> I was in Platoon for like five minutes. Jumping back to 2005 <laughs> Evo. This is, a, this is a strange year. We moved to Las Vegas and also added Tekken 5 to the roster. So now it's it's so big that we're now in Las Vegas. We're uh, renting out these massive fucking uh, areas for more and more people to show up because now we're in the thousands. Massive coke <laughs> parties, uh, money laundering schemes going through it. That's when you know you made it big. Right, exactly. When you uh, when you have to move to the city of sin. <laughs> and uh, many of the same players remain in the top eight regardless of uh, hundreds of more people showing up for this event. Otherwise, 2005 was relatively completely fine and normal. <laughs> it was just fine. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Healthy. It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not like interest was uh, fading, um, but that is when we moved to Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like a really deep respect I have for people that play, like, fighting games. Mm-hmm. And, like, or just, like, any game, like, I guess professionally, I'll, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's like to be able to stick with it that long and be that passionate about it pretty much, like, year-round. Yeah. I lose interest in, like, a month. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'll come back to it, but it's like, I've been playing this a lot, been having fun. Yep. I'm going to do other stuff now, though. The last time that I got even relatively close, um, I was a sponsored Halo Reach player for, like, a summer. Mm -hmm. And it was because, like, I really enjoyed the game. I got really good at SWAT and uh, played against, like, a whole clan on the other team. Well, five people from the clan as SWAT is 5v5. And did well enough that they end up being like, hey, you need to join us. This would be great. And I was like, oh, whoa, this sounds fucking cool. (laughs) I love video games. I love Halo Reach. And it turns into a job. Yep. It turns into a job very fucking fast. You have to do this, this, and this. Make sure that you're on roll call for this, this, and this. And you're here and here and here when for practice. And it's just like, that is, that's it, though. It's like, it is very interesting and fun to play these games. And it is very fun to watch pros play these games. Mm-hmm. But when you get into things like Street Fighter and you get into the tech and the frame watching mm-hmm. and, like, those breakdowns of like the timing that is when it gets absolutely ridiculous which is also why i had a big problem with uh street fighter 5 when it originally came out yeah because there was literally no real basis for like an at-home gamer such as myself or brent here or for many of you listeners to actually get into street fighter 5 because it lacked any sort of arcade mode Anything like that. There wasn't much for um, anything like for a, solo play. Like a training room between matches <clears throat> where you could, like, 
just practice inputs and shit. Yeah, and then I remember. On top of that, they littered the roster with a whole bunch of new characters and uh, got rid of a lot of old favorites. I mean, Sagat isn't even in the game yet. Well, he's in there now. Yeah, uh, I didn't see him about a couple days ago. I'm, I've been. I follow people that play like mm-hmm. Street Fighter and like they appeared to be playing him. Unless that was why I had a 14 gigabyte update, <laughs> and he is, he showed up. So after that's the a fact. big boy. He really is. So, like, uh, I'm, but fact remains the same. We're quite a ways off from Street Fighter Five actually originally coming out, and we just got one of our original characters. Yeah, what what did it come out like late 2016? I want to say or early as 2016. Much. I, because I put off buying it for about. Nine, ten months, and uh, every other Street Fighter title that I've gotten, I've bought literally day of release, including any Ultra update, anything like that. I immediately trade up for that copy. Um, but yeah, so like with, with Street Fighter, it's like, yes, it has remained the same game the entire time, but it's always about the tech. And so that's uh, that's what we're getting at here with like these players is uh, they study the fucking game and they are watching frames, yeah. and that is much more different than sitting at your couch with your buddies and you are just running house on them and everything, and you get more friends to come over. We had Tekken tournaments last year where we got to play a lot more people than what we usually do. Mm-hmm without the use of their online play. But, and like, you know, everyone got pretty decent, pretty decent in their own right. Like, they could probably go online and actually do fairly well because that you have that unknown human element in there. But that has nothing compared to somebody who studies how every single character moves. And uh, still, in 2005, these players are playing for nothing more than a championship title. Not money. But that changes the following year in 2006 when Capcom decided to actually uh, officially give its public support and there were now cash prizes for the winners of each game. And I even have the breakdown here for you, so this is fun. So first, breakdown! First place got five grand, second got two grand, third got $1,000, fourth got 750 bucks, Fifth and sixth got five hundred. Seventh and eighth got two hundred and fifty. So, going off of two thousand six, I'm going to go ahead and like, uh, I might be wrong, but I'm going to estimate that probably if you got seventh or eighth place and you got that two hundred and fifty bucks, that'll get your plane ticket back to wherever you came from in the United States. It'll gas up your grandma's car. Yeah, so that you can drive back to fucking Iowa. Bumfuck Iowa. Yeah, or Nebraska. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's just it. Is uh. Kind of going off of, like, with 2005 switch over to Las Vegas. Dude, that's an expensive fucking city. It doesn't matter what you're doing, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you want gas, you want food, you you want to go out and drink. Have fucking fun, good fucking luck. That city exists to take people's money. Yeah. And um, now you Designed to. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so you've got these people that religiously play these games and study them, so they probably work part-time to minimum full-time. If they have, like, a fucking 55-hour job and they're still doing that, it's like they're probably sleeping four hours a night, which, I mean, more power to them. They're doing what they're uh, passionate about. But um, you're not going to be able to really afford your stay there. And uh, because Evo takes place over a few days, 
Uh, I assume that they probably had to cover the cost of their hotel rooms, too. I feel like they... Maybe they did, but... Um, they probably didn't have, like, package. sponsorships or anything. Yeah, exactly. There were not, like, sponsored gamers. You know? Like, there's not, you know, Team Red Bull by any fucking means. Yeah. And um, we won't see that for several more years, actually. So, um... <clears throat> this is also the first year that Dead or Alive joined the roster, which, fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, Dead or Alive should be there. And uh, in 2006, we actually had a fairly decent Dead or Alive to add to that as well. It's four? Yeah. And then uh, all games had a grand total of $10,250 pool to them. So that's, you know, like I said, split. So first place takes uh, a majority of that money. Um, then... Uh, 2007 saw Evo begin to be hosted in several locations throughout the country. Now, when I say that, I mean that they have, like, uh, Evo fucking Southeast. You know, something that's going to be in Florida. They would have Evo uh, probably, like, Northeast and, like, do something in New York. You know, like, or Houston. You know, just, like, random locations in the country. You also have um, international locations now have their own Evo. Um, like Evo Japan, stuff like that. But now we actually have things like uh, the Capcom uh, Grand Prix, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And we'll um, call the Capcom Cup. Yeah, Capcom Cup. And um, so, like, you know, now Evo has essentially gotten enough merit to actually uh, sustain itself in multiple locations all over the country. So now players can all actually... All over the world. All over the world with complete... Global saturation, and um, that's Capcom jokes. It's Capcom jokes, and uh, so like you now no longer have to travel super far. Obviously, this is still the main event. Mm -hmm. uh, Evo in the U.S. in Las Vegas is still the main event. However, you can still participate in Evo without having to fly and spend a billion fucking days. So it's kind of like Comic-Con, like the main one I always associate with San Diego. San Diego, SDCC, yeah. And then there's like... We have Cedar Rapids Comic-Con. Oh, Comic -Con. Yeah. <laughs> there's Comic-Cons all over. Like, uh, here in Iowa, we have Cedar Rapids Comic-Con, and... I didn't even know that until, like... I went the, last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was fantastic, dude. Rita Repulsa was there, and Goldar was there. And Kim the Possible. actual Kim Possible. Yeah, the real Kim Possible. The real Kim Possible. I uh, didn't get a chance the to real ask her what the sitch was. <laughs> but uh, you know what else happened in two thousand seven? Um, Super Smash Brothers Melee entered the rotation, and of course they would see a steady climb throughout the years. I've been dreading this moment. Right, <laughs> many of the big and still relevant names of that scene made their break here. So is it like, just people were like sitting there playing like Dead or Alive or like Street Fighter, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> "Is that is that Smash player approaching?" Yeah, and then you and then there's. And the, the smell has come full waft circle. I was gonna say, just like all of a sudden, an ear shattering just wave dashing into the room. <laughs> shine, 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 shine. But yeah, you just kind of hear over an intercom, just like Ken's knockout. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, like uh, a lot of the major Super Smash Bros. Melee players, or just, you know, I'm going to refer to it as Melee from now on because I'm not going to play... We uh, know. Yeah, that fucking game. Like a lot of those big players that are still big today made their Smash entry in 2007. That includes uh, Ken, Sephiroth Ken, Joseph Mango Marquez, Chris PC Chris Siegel, uh, like a lot of the main, like obviously we know Mango um, from uh, pretty much every time Melee's uh, mentioned at all as far as uh, um, professional players and of course you know like later on we get our H-Box and all that whatnot and uh, the Melee scene. I have a love-hate relationship. Um, you know it's a fine game. Oh it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean I, I like it. Kinda. Ultimate, yeah. Ultimate's gonna be a great time. Um, they've made really good enhancements. I'm just really sad and tired of Melee players being sad that there's not glitches from <laughs> Melee uh, actually being used in Ultimate. It's like, yeah, dude, it's a glitch. It's not a feature. It's like the whiniest crybaby fan base. Yeah, uh, did you happen to see recently there were two professional players in a, a relatively important match... And uh, it was a Fox versus Fa uh, Captain Falcon. Uh -huh. And they were playing on Pokemon Stadium. And there is a known glitch on Pokemon Stadium when it changes, because, you know, the terrain changes on Pokemon Stadium. And Captain Falcon uh, did, like, a toss juggle, if I remember right. And um, Fox bounced off the wall, hit the ground in just the right spot, fell through the floor, through the, through the fucking floor, yeah. and then uh, tried to recover with an up B and was able to just get down smashed <laughs> and then that made him lose the match. <laughs> like it was it was literally okay because glitches are okay in in a fucking professional melee league. It's um why? <laughs> you know, it's like we don't go back and play fucking Dead or Alive on the Dreamcast. Right, so you have like, <laughs> I don't know. People that w would, like... I remember playing, like, Rainbow Six Vegas online a lot, and there was, like, a part where you could take hover... Yeah. ...and pop out and be, like, invisible to anybody, like, coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, safe from return fire. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it's in the game. It's like, well, it needs to get patched. Yeah. <laughs> Nerf because, please. yeah, it's, uh... It's not even, like, a nerfing. Yeah, it's, like, this is part of your game that's broken, dude. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's part of the major reason why I'm not a huge fan of Smash, because, you know, people are so reliant on these glitches and making those glitches work. No items. Right? Found it. No items. So, anyway, um, 2008, then. Well, 2008. Hate. <laughs> because, uh, guess what? More Smash Bros. Uh, it had some controversy, but also showed off some uh, new fighting games coming in the future, which would end up being a great decision because of the following year, uh, Street Fighter Four had 1,000 entrants, which is three times most other games. Um, Street Fighter Four came out in 2008, then? Mm, I believe so. Well, it's 2008 or 9. It's 2009 that it came out, but 2008 had... Um, this is when Capcom was like, oh, dude, you know what? These are the people that we cater to. Like, these yeah. are our fans. Let's show them some Street Fighter fucking 4. And so it was, uh, it was a platform for hype. And then that fucking literally jumped and spiked uh, all of the uh, 
the actual entrance, and that's just in the Las Vegas Evo. So, uh, I also recommend, like, you go watch the finals for a sweet matchup of uh, Daigo versus uh, Jay Wong. It was pretty much fucking Evo mega hype. <laughs> it was very fucking good. So, uh, again, 2009, that's what I'm talking about as far as Daigo and, and Jay Wong, and, of course, you know, Street Fighter Four coming out and fucking lots of entrance, but otherwise, it didn't have much going on. Same thing with 2008, uh, there was just a little bit of fucking Smash Brothers controversy, just some bullshit Smash Brothers garbage, honestly. So 2010 is where I'm gonna jump to, um... This is when Evo changed more into what we know it as today. Like, the massive amounts of money, the shitloads of players, a lot of viewers. It's becoming uh, way more popular to watch. So, Street Fighter Four alone had a prize pot of 20,000. Nearly 2,000 players, uh, more insane moments, and a huge collection of games. Something I wanted to note was that since I reference it often, Adam Sessler from X-Play actually did the commentary for that tournament. Do you know who he was talking about? Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's actually yeah. really knowledgeable. Yeah. Like, not only was he a pretty fun host and everything like that, but I think that um, X-Play, if X-Play could have stuck around and actually been, like, the game journaling um, site and everything like that, that we that we could have today instead of say like IGN like IGN mainly I mean we just spent 11 minutes watching a fucking Fist of the North Star <laughs> gameplay thing from IGN where a guy died five times and but with the, the difficulty easy, easy. Yeah. got killed again yeah and like literally just got shit stomped it's like this isn't even fucking game this is you showing us the same uh, punch 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 kick the XXX and the YYY and he got fucking sucked he did get sucked he got fucking sucked Weird thing, there was a separate women's invitational at the same location. At the same time. Yeah. The other Life 5. Like. At the same time. <laughs> yeah, Dead or Alive 5 is a story mode where everything happens at the same time. But yeah, no, um, why do that? Why would you do that? Because then I'm ready to get beat by a girl. Right. Like, that's annoying. <laughs> the fact that we were, um,. That we were dealing with that back in 2010. Obviously, things are a little bit better now, but... Getting there. Getting there. Fucking slowly, but surely. So, moving on to 2011, which is when I graduated high school. The biggest Class part... Class 09. Oh, oh nice fuck. <laughs> <laughs> biggest... Oh, my God. You got a tenure next year. <laughs> fucking enjoy that. I hope you go in there and you just rip a fat fart and you're just like, Welcome back, guys! I'm gonna be the best looking one there. Yeah, probably. Everyone else is gonna be like, I have seven children. Because, like, everybody peaked in high school, but not me. Not me. I'm peaking now. <laughs> peaking right now. Look at me. I am peaking now. <laughs> the biggest part about 2011, <laughs> the captain, though, was the media coverage. This now spanned three major outlets and had over two million viewers actually streaming the event. So, like, this is, uh, this would be, like, so far the largest Evo, um, obviously. Because now we have, like, a lot of streaming services and stuff, and people are like, oh, where can I watch this? Where can I watch this? And, um, 
it's like that's that's fantastic you know what that does that brings in more money so 2012 started the international seating of players in 17 events to get people into the main event so where i was talking about before where evo was showing up in different locations all over the u.s as well as internationally and everything that is now being used as a sort of circuit tournament so that you can actually join events and then uh you get points and then those points then get you okayed to join in on another thing. So, uh... You can cash them in for, uh, silver plates. <laughs> and then you could sell them at the pawn shop for a good, pretty decent amount of yen. So you can get the master fishing pole. <laughs> yeah. So you can get the river snake. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> so this is a fucking Kiwami 2 is so good. Um... Yeah, like this is uh, this is really fantastic because now people don't necessarily have to fucking fly to Las Vegas only to get knocked out in the first round and then, you know, sit there drink away their pain. Have the grandma fly home. Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep bringing it up. Moving on to the next year, 2013 was weird because it used games we didn't typically see, nor would see much of them again. So where I was talking about P4A, P4A was part of the main events. Uh, Street Fighter X Tekken, that game flopped. It flopped super hard. It was not good. You know, they were, because uh, you guys might remember this, they were actually planning to do a Tekken X Street Fighter. Never there was supposed it. to be a fucking uh, reciprocated title there, and uh, there fucking wasn't. Also, they added Injustice and added to the roster Mortal Kombat. So, and that would have been what? Mortal Kombat. Nine. Nine, yeah. Or just Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. So. Because it has to be confusing. Right. And then returning for the second year, King of Fighters. So. 2000, that would have been like, would that have been KOF 11 or 12? 11 or 12. I'm not entirely sure because it's like, we're at 14. It's like, I don't think. We're at 14. It's 2018. 14 came out, what, two, three years ago? Not four years two ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. So like. I don't fucking know. I, <laughs> I can't. Back in there, but there, there, ding, ding. <laughs> All began in 94. <laughs> Kept on going in 95. Went to Japan in 96. <laughs> Viewers voted on a bonus game with donations. And those donations, I believe, in that year actually went to either St. Jude's or uh, Children's Cancer Research, uh, specifically leukemia. So, like, you got to. You donated, and then they allowed you to vote in a write-in ballot, or they had popular options, and then you got to vote for what game would actually be added to the roster. And, uh, can you fucking guess what they all voted for? No. It's Melee. <laughs> of course it's fucking Melee. But here's the funny I just, thing. I just wanted to ignore it. Right, yeah. So, what does Nintendo do really well, Brent? Um, disappoint their players. Yes! Yes, they do! And you know what they tried to do back there in uh, fucking 2013? Nothing. <laughs> they tried to order a cease and desist. Nice. They're like, you can't fucking play that game. Like, hey! You can't fucking play that game that you literally own a copy of and are just going to give us more uh, attention and, uh, you know, people want to see our product being no. played. That's stupid. Like, uh, well, thanks. That's all the time. <laughs> That's all the time I've got. I've got to get back to playing Animal Crossing New Leaf on my <laughs> Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> God damn it. I've gotten pretty good at that. 
So 2014 was pretty standard. And Melee got Nintendo's express okay to be relevant again. You mean Melee got banished back into the stink hole? <laughs> like, and they're like, no! <laughs> As they descend into the void. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Is that, like, Melee got overwhelmingly chosen in that yeah, donation thing. I kind of remember. And, um, so, Eva was like, okay, so can we just fucking keep Melee here? Because I have a feeling that, um... Evo got told by Nintendo America and probably Nintendo Japan, like, we do not want this to be a part of your thing. It's like, I don't understand why, but no one really understands why Nintendo does most of the things they do. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're going to make this really cool product. Your GameCube was amazing, and then you go to the Wii and you're like, well... It was fun for a while. Um, no, I'm guess I'm talking about like we're gonna make like a fucking mini Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, there's only like five of them though. Order them fast. Yes. <laughs> That's another. Like I remember being in eighth grade and trying to go get my Wii. I had to. I had like a little bit of homework that I I didn't get finished because I had to wake up super early, and I was sitting Mow outside. The fucking of, lawn. No, it was middle <laughs> of winter, and I stood outside of a Walmart. My dad. Uh, yeah. Bless his fucking soul. Um, he stood in line outside, and then when he got cold, we would switch places, and I would do my homework while waiting in line for the Wii, and, like, that was just super rad of him. Like, I saved up, uh, it was, like, early Christmas present, I paid for half of it, they paid for the other half, and, um, so, like, finished my homework, everything like that, and it's, like, that's how I got a Wii. I got one of the first ones... And um, there were no fucking games for it. I had literally Wii Sports and Lynx Target Practice for like the first uh, four months. And then I cleaned my room, vacuumed over the fucking uh, cord for the uh, sensor bar. Ooh. And Ooh. I could not replace it because Nintendo things. <laughs> I had to wait an extra three months until Nyko, who makes pretty good second, uh, second or third party um, uh, accessories for systems to actually come out with a wireless sensor bar. Which was fine because there was still no games to play. Like Nintendo things. You had Red Steel. Red Steel was great. And oh. I got to, uh, don't forget, No More Heroes. And the shaking of the Wiimote, like you're jerking Jack, off jerking the fucking map. So you can uh, charge your beam katana. Didn't, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, what was it, um, Twilight Princess come out? Yeah. Is that a launch title? Yep, and it also came out on the uh, GameCube. And uh, because people weren't too keen on the whole swing of the uh, Wiimote for the um, for the sword. Yeah. The GameCube copy of that game is ridiculously expensive. I think that Twilight Princess was actually one of the last games to come out on the GameCube, and I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty fucking sure. It was towards the end of its lifespan, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, mainly because, you know, the Wii uh, took off, like, fairly early in in that uh, in that cycle, without actually waiting for game titles to be ready for launch, it was kind of gross. And Nintendo does that all the time. So, sorry about my Nintendo rant. I do love Nintendo. They're doing great now. Mm -hmm. But when you have to literally um, be told that all of your fans really want to play this game and watch this game in the millions and your response is to say uh -uh. fuck off yeah you know uh <laughs> luckily <laughs> oh my god at least the following year they wised up and they decided 
that's okay. Like For now. that's fine. And really, that's that's the big thing about 2014. Um, obviously, you're gonna have your highlights and everything like that. I'm not really here to talk about all the crazy Evo moments because like those take 10, 15 minutes to explain. Probably only. Four fucking seconds to actually watch, uh-huh. you know, and I'm not about ready to bog all of you down with uh, with a whole bunch of like tech words and all that bullshit. Like I was talking about in the previous episode, you know, uh, right? Uh, RTSD. Uh, anyway, so 2015 was actually nuts. We had a uh, Super Street Fighter Five, uh, or wait, um, sorry, four. S- four. I uh, I forgot my. Uh, Roman numerals there for a second. That's okay. Street Fighter Four Ultimate, Ultimate, <laughs> Ultimate Revengeance was gonna get used, but guess what? It had too many bugs and glitches. No. Yeah. Surprise. There's a funny graphic that uh, uh, Truong Thomas Truong mm-hmm. makes. It was just like the Street Fighter Five logo, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, oh no, we keep fucking up under it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that, like, comic book, like, font that all the streamers use. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. The yeah. Max, Max Dude font. God damn it, I hate that shit. But, yeah, it's like uh, the the actual edition of Street Fighter Four that would be used in later tournaments. Uh, let's see here. Super Street Fighter Four Ultra Arcade Edition under the Omega update. That was the final iteration <laughs> of Street Fighter Four. We're doing that weird dog face right now. That's <laughs> how I imagine it sounds. Now the fact that uh, that Street Fighter Four Ultra had all those glitches, like that, was actually the same for uh, Persona Four Arena Ultimax. So when that first came out, oh, they still needed to clean up a lot of shit. Lots of problems with uh, hit boxes as well as uh, commands. Uh, different areas that were causing um, collision damage that shouldn't have. A lot of goofy shit that could really, honestly, change a match very easily. And when you have money like this on the line, you cannot do that anymore. Not having it. So, Melee and Smash 4 had 3,000 entrants in total. Street Fighter 4 only had about 2,000, but the prize pots were huge. 72,000 for Street Fighter 4. First place could take away 33.3 thousand. 34.5 thousand for Tekken 7. And 20.7 thousand for first place. 23.7 thousand for Melee with 14.3 thousand for first place. 26.6 thousand for Smash 4 with 15.9 thousand for the first place. And then, dude, Killer Instinct oh, was yeah. actually uh, the second highest prize pot. That was $53.9,000 for the prize pot, with first place taking 32300 That's a game I should have played more. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like that was really fun. Now it's a completely different game. Yeah. It's like, you know, you look at, uh, what, what are they on now? Season, well, they finished up season three. I don't know if they're going to do yeah. season four. Yeah. They might just launch KI2 or, you know... Weapon Lord remake. Yeah, please. Um, no. It won't happen. But yeah, like, so, um, back then, that would have been... What would that have been? What is that? Uh, season 1 still? 2015? Yeah. That's season 2. Season 2. So yeah, we had fun things like... Uh, who all came out in season 2? That was Combo, right? 
Combo Maya. Combo Maya. Conra. And then uh, the Golem. Agonos. Cinder. Cinder, what's he? Was he? Yeah, he was the last one for season two. Uh, Arya. Arya. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Hisako. Yeah, Hisako was fucking cool. Hisako was fucking sweet. Dude, if you've never played Killer Instinct, like the newest one, and you don't want to go and buy an Xbox One just to do it, by the way, that's exactly what I fucking did. Yeah, that's what we both did. I literally... Brent brought his Xbox One over to my house uh, back in, actually... 2014? Yeah, 2014. What a good year. Yeah, that was, other than all those dead Dreamcasts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you can't fret over every broken egg when you're making a fucking dope-ass gaming omelet. <laughs> Dreamcasts are going to die. That's what they do. Pum, 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 <laughs> and then your VMU just starts on fire. Father, why? Yeah, that'd be. But uh, yeah, no, like uh, I played Killer Instincts. <laughs> Open your mouth. <laughs> oh Christ! So Killer Instinct yeah. is really. Fa- I want to take a quick aside to talk about this game because um. For one thing, it doesn't it doesn't stay relevant after this year, which is kind of sad. Yeah, too bad. And um, it's not even really relevant now, and they've made massive changes. But back then, in 2014, uh, when you bought your Xbox One, because mm-hmm. we had uh, watched the previous year, is when we got hyped for Killer Instinct, when we were looking at, you know, the, uh, the smaller roster and everything, but we're like, dude, this looks really fun, and I fucking love Killer Instinct. Uh, you know, played a lot of it in the arcade. My brother used to actually hustle people <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, uh, well, I guess it would have been, what, KI2 in the arcade, KI Gold in uh, on our home 64. consoles. Yeah. yeah. Coming soon, Ultra 64, yeah. And um, he would always play Kim Wu, and uh, I always played Tusk or Glacius. So the movesets remained the same somehow over all of the years and then uh you know your ultra combos are fucking gorgeous the music is done by mick gordon so you absolutely cannot go wrong the visuals are fucking phenomenal so when we actually got our hands on it i was like yeah dude i uh i'm getting this fucking system (laughs) specifically for this game and um i'm still not disappointed with it it is simply just a different game now yeah. They've got that weird strategy game in there. Which I... I touched. If I if I, if I that came out when I got my Xbox One and when I was playing that game a lot... Yeah. I probably would have been all over that. Right. But this... We're talking about... Let's see here. Two years after? So... Well, yeah, yeah. Two years after the fact. And they were still uh, adding characters. Well, they had just finished because the last so one that's they like, put out was like Idol and Gargus. Well, I guess oh, wait. And, uh, oh, yeah, because KI now has the Arbiter and General Rom from Gears of War yeah. and uh, Rash from Battletoads. Yeah. That was, season 3 got weird. Season 3 got fucking strange. But um, overall, still really fun game. If you have an Xbox and you like fighting games, go and buy it because it's relatively cheap. It'll come with all the characters, and um, every character after Season 2 
has, uh, well, some in Season 2 as well, but they all have different techniques and ways you have to play them. Yeah, Season 2 is cool, but a lot of the characters were, like, in my opinion, like, too complicated for their own good. Yeah, I really wanted to go back to play uh, Cinder, who was my main character when I was a child, and uh, couldn't play him. A little too weird for me, trying to throw firebombs and time all that shit, but again, music, amazing, <laughs> everything else, amazing, I still listen to the soundtrack uh, on a weekly basis, to be honest, but um, yeah, so I think that's all I got like, on the I, K.I. I, I, yeah, I miss the simplicity of like all the season one characters, yeah, yeah they were all you pretty really easy to pick, pick up, you could really just pick up Jago, or, or Jago, sorry, Jago, Jago, and, and like really have a great time, and uh, the first time that I ran into Shadow Jago was gnarly. Because that's on Kyle difficulty. <laughs> the self-learning the AI hell? difficulty. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, at least uh, at least go check out some gameplay. I think you'll really find it hype. It's very, very fun. And I'm kind of sad that KI isn't a part of EVO so much anymore. Um, <clears throat> this is also when uh, gaming companies had donated massive money to the POTS, which really upped the ante. And uh, they also added uh, Pokin and several other new titles. Uh, the Street Fighter Five Finals made it to ESPN Two and had over five thousand entrants. And guess what the fucking prize pot for that game was? One hundred million. Dollars. You were so close. One hundred one thousand and seventy dollars. <laughs> Dalmatians. With the winner taking home the largest first place prize in Evo history. This was done by Infiltration who took home $50.6,000. This also made him a qualifier for the Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, those that would take championships here would typically continue on in that game's respective series tourney. Because some games, actually, you know, they have sub-tournaments. Like the Capcom Pro Tour will have, you know, your Capcom versus Marvel, uh, blah, 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 all that bullshit. And then they actually have their own seasons much like sports do. Mm -hmm. So you have an actual Street Fighter season with players actually training after, after uh, you know, Evo and Capcom Pro Tour to try and get ready for the following year. Or just go into more tournaments. And it just never stops. So, 2017 had Marvel vs. Capcom Ultimate, or was it Ultra? I think Ultimate. it was Ultimate. Uh, and as Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, chosen as a donation drive game. But you know what? They could have had fucking ARMS for the <laughs> Switch. Arms, ARMS was on there. <laughs> and over 10,000 players. Like ARMS. Yeah. I have never watched any game you know, like yeah. that game. Uh, over 10,000 players registered for Tekken 7, with nearly 146,000 people tuning in on Twitch alone overall. And Evo 2017 had 895,000 uh, viewers. Oh, this was 146,000 people, sorry. 146,000 people actually went to the tournament mm -hmm. with 895,000 on Twitch. I got my numbers switched. How dare me? <gasps> and you know what? Harada himself entered Evo that year and chose uh, to play as Feng Wei. Nice. Yeah, which is the uh, Iron Fist monk. I like to call him Spams McGee. Him and I wanna, him and fucking uh, Eddie Gordo. I want to see I want to see Harada and um, Itagaki face off in their respective games. Mm hmm. And uh, he uh, Harada actually lasted uh, three matches. 
That's which uh, honestly means that the Zaibatsu is up for grabs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dumpster um, goblin from Mulholland Drive is coming. Coming for you! Uh, and 2016-2017 also has some really fantastic uh, Mortal Kombat X um, uh, matches there. Yeah, With Sonic Fox. Like, those matches are gross. That man is nuts at Mortal Kombat. He's a furry, so... Yeah. The tail right. and the hat. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It's like <laughs> the best Mortal Kombat player... Mm-hmm. Is, is a, a furry. Is, a, is like a gay furry. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. He mains uh, Aaron Black, but actually won the uh, championship with, um, oh, what the fuck is it? The Alien from Alien. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> Alien. Just Alien. Xenomorph. Yeah, Xenomorph is what they, yeah, they use the actual name. Sorry, I had a brain fart. It's been a while. Um, so in a total unseen number, Evo 2018 had over 10,000 entrants, and a majority signed up for what fucking game? Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I was say fucking Smash. <laughs> Smash? Was it Smash? Oh, God. And, uh, of course, um, like, this is, uh, biggest pool, uh, was, of course, uh, Street Fighter V. Arcade Why Edition. Not? Yeah. It's like, of course it is. Ryu sipping his tea in mm-hmm. front of his fireplace reading the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Raking in his millions of, millions of dollars. <laughs> and um, their prize pool was 84.9 thousand. So it's definitely, it hasn't gone back to uh, 2016's amounts. So the amount of money going in is actually, it's now going down. I don't know if that's because there's less hype. Or uh, what's going on? Because the amount of viewers and everything like that for this are astronomical. Um, Problem X walked away with the gold and $40.9,000 in that Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. We had 3.1 million viewers across Twitch tuned in to the 37 total hours of coverage and shows massive growth potential to the event, making sure it will still be the number one event for all the fighting game competition fans the world over. Like, that is so many people. That's uh, that's bigger than some, you know, like, football games and things like that. Yeah. Uh, getting near some Super Bowl uh, levels of viewers. And that's, I mean... Technically, there could be uh, even as much as, say, f- uh, 5.1 million or 5.5 million viewers, because that was just Twitch. Yeah. you got to cover ESPN, ESPN2, and every other thing, uh, YouTube Red's uh, streaming service, everything like that. Um, <clears throat> so, Tom Cannon said this year, referring to his philosophy and methodology of spending and compensation for Evo... That and this is actually a really nice quote, and uh, kind of makes me feel like Evo is going to remain uh, a constant thing as far as the gaming community goes. And overall, it's been very positive. You don't hear about a lot of negative things happening at Evo. It's not a controversial thing. There's some controversial players here and there, as we've kind of covered in the past, uh, talking about some of those years where some things happen, like oh no, glitches and stuff, but. There's nothing bad happening with Evo. I feel like as long as there's people that... It's like the World Cup. ...are passionate about fighting games... Yeah. That ...then there, there will always be a place for them. And that's just it, is that Tom Cannon has always been really, really uh, passionate about fighting games, him and his event board. 
So he had said, we would rather not spend on compensating ourselves and rather put it forward into the event. We think it sets the right example and the right tone for what we're expecting everyone else to do, which is to chip into the best of their ability. And that was an incredibly important part of our sustainability. And so that is originally like what they went into it. And, you know, like I said, until uh, 2006 area, we didn't have any prize pots. Mm -hmm. It's the people paying for entry to get into the tournament so that they can ultimately win bragging rights on, um, at that time, an international level. Coming all the way back to 1996 when you're simply the best at Sunnyvale Golf Arcade. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, you had 40 people to witness. And now it's like people are taking home like a year's worth of salary uh, with, from a good job <laughs> for winning, uh, you know, things like Street Fighter, but they have to battle through thousands of contestants. And um, that's beautiful to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that we can never really have to worry about um, this game uh, competition not existing because of the methodology and philosophy of the people behind it. Like, that's comforting. There's not people that are just growing fat on this thing. I'm sure Tom Cannon gets a lot of money for throwing the event, you know, I imagine. But he also has Shoryuken, and there's a, several uh, several different Shoryuken arcades that are all part of that, and you also, you know, you pay those arcades to be part of uh, tournaments and everything. There's typically a buy-in for even... Um, smaller tournament uh, gatherings and everything like that just to make a prize pot. But uh, I think that the most important thing that I want you guys to take away from this is that Evo wasn't always about the money. And at, at the heart, it's not about the money. It's about being better than thousands of the other fighting. people. Yeah, it is all about the prowess of the player and all about the strategy and being able to outplay that uh that competitor and it always has been and that's so fucking rad you know now now with esports yeah there's a lot of money in it and that kind of worries me because you know i look at uh the nfl and how many uh problems with corruption that they have i mean basketball used to be about two things yep slams and jams slams and jams wait until the year 2043 when b-ball is dead the cleansing flame of the chaos dunk i will never do the chaos dunk again Dad, Dad, look at my dribble. <laughs> That's good, hoops. Go play fucking Barkley Shut Up and Jam I actually, I honestly downloaded that and started playing it last night. Good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, that's that's the big thing. It's like, dude, go home. Just shut up if, and jam. If, yeah, shut up and jam, dude. You know, you're Slam listening to the this. Slam the jam with the rest. <laughs> you're... Di- you're <laughs> God damn it. That's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> Love you, man! You're probably listening to this, like, you know, you're probably at work, or maybe you're in your car. Get on whatever social media you have. You have the means to connect to hundreds of fucking people. Set up a a fighting game and set up a tournament with all your friends. Give everyone, like, two weeks to get good. (laughs) And just fucking have fun. Play the game. Just play the game. I am so Friendly excited. Competition. I am so excited for Soul Calibur 6 to come out so that we can get back into having these um, 
bi-weekly or maybe even monthly tournaments and everything like that. It's, um, I love it. I grew up doing that, you know, a room full of friends and passing the controller mm -hmm. and, you know, like trying to get better so that I could beat the shit out of my brother. And it's like, I haven't lost in Soul Calibur in years now. And I haven't played in a couple months, so I'm like incredibly rusty. I'm like, I'm ready to be brand new yeah. and be a neophyte again and try and get there again. And uh, I don't think that I'll ever probably be able to play a fighting game competitively. I'm not, I'm not that uh, confident yeah. in my ability, unless I just like to have fun. Yeah. But it's in a party. Yeah, I'm mean, in a party, and also tell you that I just fucking dunked on you. So, I really hope you enjoyed the, the history of EVO and talking about where it got to today. And uh, it's not all about the money. It's not. It's gonna forget about that sometimes. It's all material. Yeah, exactly. You can't beat being the best. <laughs> you can literally look down at everyone that you beat and just be like, suck it. <laughs> suck it. It, it feels great, man. I feel I bet that uh, fifty-three thousand dollars raining down on me and uh, stroking all over myself probably feels pretty fucking good too. Though. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. But I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to talking at you next week with Ben. Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, he's always here. <laughs> I'm always here. It's his house. It's my house. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Hey there, listeners. Uh, we just got our Patreon set up, so if you feel like helping us uh, create some more content for you guys, um, that would be fantastic. You can buy us a cup of coffee, and then uh, we'll just stay up really late and watch horror movies and play video games. Yeah, please fulfill our dreams. That'd be make fantastic. This, make this a sustainable reality. And you can, you can find that over at patreon.com backslash podcast for two people. And uh, we have several tiers for you guys, and we will give you a shout-out at the end of one of our episodes. Thanks. Thank you.